Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Today we're starting a brand new series called Help Me Get Unstuck. And uh, what we want to do is every person's life has potential. Everyone say potential. And as we go about life and we're running for God and running with family and running with business and running with study and friends and relationships, there are always going to be areas of our life that get stuck and on the inside of you and inside your marriage and inside your business and inside your relationships in in your walk with God is potential for even more, is promises and greatness that's on your life. And naturally, at some point, all of us get stuck I'll give you an example. The last few weeks, our washing machine has been slowly dying. And uh, it's been making sounds it shouldn't make. It's been, it's been, you know, it's been rumbling. It's been shaking. It's like, you know, that thing sounded possessed. And uh, we're like, just, it hasn't died yet. We won't replace it until it dies. Well, yesterday it went to be in that great recycling yard in the sky. And, uh, and how do I know? Like everything was flashing and everything went kaput. And uh, so I went to get the washing out that was in there and now the door's jammed shut. The door won't open. And I did all of the like technical tricks. Like I turned it off and on, off and on again and that didn't work and now I'm out. So I'm giving this thing a good old shove and as I did, I broke the handle to the actual door of the, dishwasher, of the washing machine because I'm very, very strong. And... Uh, Found out there's a toggle, so I found the toggle to open the door. That didn't work. So I'm like, inside are my boys' school clothes. Because if I can't get these school clothes out, they can't go to school next week and we finally got them back to school. They're not staying home another day. It doesn't matter how sick they are. They're going to school. And so like, I've got to do something. So I said to Shans, I'm going to go get my tools and open the door. And by tools, yeah, I mean butter knife. And I went and got a butter knife and I pried this door open. With Shana, I was glowing. She was like, man of my affection. Multi-purpose butter knife right there. And I opened and got the clothes out. The reality was that just what was inside just got stuck. No one's fault. Probably I should have replaced it a few weeks ago. But really, no one's fault. Stuff just gets stuck. And sometimes you just need a season of unjamming it and releasing it. And that's what fasting does. That's why we're teaching for the next three weeks and at night time too, how to get unstuck because all of us have areas we just get stuck. And maybe you're like, well, I'm not stuck anywhere. Well, let's then pray this prayer of David, search me. Find if there's any offensive way in me. Is there anything anxious in me? And maybe in this season, there might be little blind spots or things that just have held on to us, those weeds that grab a hold of us that will just let go. I tell you, within 20 minutes of the butter knife thing, I was in a laundromat washing the rest of our clothes. I tell you, I had a prayer meeting in the Rich Haven laundromat in the last 40 minutes. That, that place is now so anointed. You walk in with dirty clothes, instantly they're cleaned. You don't even have to pay for the washing machines. It's like there's fabric softener in the clothes. Straight away, no bonus money to go in, just anointed. Anyway, I'll stop. Okay, we're gonna get into the Word. We all get stuck. We all get stuck. They've been in traffic and it's got stuck. You end up being late and frustrated and sweaty and angry before the day's even begun. Life gets stuck. When blood gets stuck, it clots and need medical attention. When relationships get stuck, 
they begin to drift when health gets stuck. We get slower when we get, have you ever been like stuck on the phone to Centrelink or MyGov or someone like, isn't that the most annoying, like isn't that the most, oh, that's already an annoying phone call and then it's good to see the Glatzes back from the honeymoon, nice to see you too, gorgeous. But you ever been stuck? Life, I get distracted, life gets stuck. Marriages get stuck. Don't feel bad if your marriage has been stuck, just be aware that it gets stuck. Uh, creativity can get stuck. Addictive behaviour can make us feel stuck. Pathways we go over and over again in our mind can make us feel stuck. Uh, our faith in God sometimes gets stuck. Our devotional life gets stuck. Unforgiveness can cause us to get stuck. Uh, you might have lost vision and got stuck. I was in worship in the first service and I, and I felt this. Sometimes past seasons have made us get stuck. Maybe you've joined the church in the last six months or so, maybe at the beginning of the year, and it might be easy for your past season to make you stuck even though you've begun a new season here in this church. But can I encourage you, don't stay stuck long. Maybe it's time to let go of the previous season and behold, he's doing a new thing. It's time to throw yourself into relationships. It's time to join a connect group. It's time to be able to contribute your gift. Don't stay stuck because God's got greatness for your life, amen? We all get stuck and, and they actually are in the Word and around us and with professional help and I believe this, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God's given us the tools so that we don't have to stay stuck but we can go and possess everything that God's got for your life. And He's got more for your life. When I was a youth pastor, uh, more clueless than I, was, I am now, believe it or not, uh, I used to have a, a white Holden station wagon so I could just chuck all the stuff in the back and youth kids and all that sort of stuff, right? And transport them and... And uh, I remember one time driving down Main North Road, I, I didn't, had never changed a tyre before. And so I, my, I got a flatty and I rang my mate and I went straight to the back and looked to see if I had like a jack and one of those things and I didn't. So I rang my friend and said, hey, can you come and help me to change my tyre? I don't, can you bring like a jack and a And he's like, there's one on the back of your car. I said, there isn't. I looked and he said, there is. And he said, look, I'll come down and show you. So he comes and opens the boot of my wagon and there in the wall of the car is a magical side compartment that never existed when I looked five minutes ago. And he turns this little screw and out pops like this, the jack and the thing. And I'm like, like, what the heck? That wasn't there a few minutes ago. But he's like, it was there all along. You just had to look in the manual. I'm like, oh, that's why I called you, bro. Eh. The reality was everything I needed to do the job was right there. I just had to have someone come and show me. Uh, what up my prayer is, is over these next weeks, the Holy Spirit would remind you of the greatness and the promises and the blessing and the favour and the health and the breakthrough and the anointing that He has for all facets of your life. And whether it be in areas you're aware of or not, as we seek Him out, like I called my friend the next two weeks, let's call on the Holy Spirit to give us the tools so that we can see change in our life in whatever area it is, He could search us so we can go off and keep going down the road to what God's got for us. Amen. So in a couple of weeks time, uh, we're going to do an anointing service because nothing gets you unstuck like the oil of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to pray for every person. And in a couple of weeks, Shans and I, I think on Sunday night, are going to do a night maybe talking about marriages and just talking about how to maybe get a bit unstuck, uh, safe, graceful, just steps to get unstuck. Tonight, Pastor Sarah's preaching, and I thought, Sarah, tell us what you're preaching tonight, because you're helping us get unstuck tonight. 
Yes, so I'm going to specifically talk about how to get unstuck in our minds, both from a biblical and psychological psychological, I'm a legit psychologist, uh, perspective. Um, And so I'm going to talk about how, you know, Jesus promised us perfect peace and freedom and life abundantly, but we don't always live in the fullness of that. And part of the problem is that we can get stuck in our mind when our thinking is left unchecked. So I'm going to give us two practices that we can all put into practice to be able to see us live in the freedom and abundance that Jesus has for us. Awesome. Come, come, that's, oh. Who reckons I get off the stage and let Sarah preach right now? She's the, she's, God loves it. She's given her the three Ps. She's a psychologist, a pastor, and prophetic. She's the three, you come tonight, the three P anointing's gonna be right here, okay? So it's gonna be wonderful. So at six o'clock, come here. Let's get into the Word. Let's talk tonight, this morning. If we're gonna start this season of getting unstuck, if we're gonna go into a time of prayer and fasting, where I'm gonna start today is just a conversation you can have to strengthen yourself in the Lord so that you can start stepping to take back what God's got for you. So Holy Spirit, anoint our ears as we hear. Anoint my mouth as I speak, that it would not be my words, be your words. Help us today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. So we're gonna go to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and it says this, three days later, What's the later? David's been fighting for his family. David's been fighting for his people. David's come under attack and he's defending, fighting and doing all he can for the prosperity and blessing of those around him. When David and his men arrived home from the town of Ziklag, everyone say Ziklag. Not to be confused with a Ziploc bag, it's Ziklag. Everyone say Ziklag. They found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag and they crushed Ziklag and they burnt it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. Watch that, without killing anyone. When David and his men saw that the ruins, saw the ruins and realised what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. They were stuck. And David's two wives, her with an average name from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk of stoning him. Read this with me. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. David returned to his home in a place called Ziklag. Everyone say Ziklag. And it's there in Ziklag, he comes under pressure. He comes under the fire. He loses, the enemy comes And the enemy takes his wives, his children, his wealth, his belonging. Not only his, but all of his men too. David was out there doing his best for his family. Like you might know what it is to be out there defending and fighting and working for your family. And while you're doing your very best, your family, your health, your pressure, your way of thinking comes under attack. This place, Ziklag, was a city assigned to Judah, a a region in Israel. And of course, Judah means praise. Everyone say praise. But that place of praise had turned into a place of bad news and mourning. The name Ziklag, Ziklag, actually comes from two root words right there in the Hebrew. Ziklag comes from the word pressure. Do you know what it is to sometimes just feel pressure? To sometimes in your mind feel pressure to feel in your finances, pressure, to feel in your relationships, pressure, when it comes to making decisions, pressure. We all have Ziklag moments where 
attack comes and we begin to feel pressure. And the other part of this word is to pour out or to melt. It's a picture of taking a stone and crushing it under pressure and putting it under immense heat so that what's on the inside eventually begins to come out. It's like purifying gold. It's, it's, it's putting under incredible pressure and heat, taking stone and seeing what is valuable come out of it and also the impurities that have come out of it. What this means is to press, a ziklag moment is to press someone mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally. There's pressure that happens at a ziklag moment so that what's in you comes out. Remember when Jackson was around four or five, I took him to Civic Park around the corner and before doing so, we took him to a cafe called the Pickle Duck and it was there that he wanted to get what's called a, it's called a loaded milkshake and he wanted the green one, of course he did. And this milkshake came and this milkshake wasn't an average size milkshake. This was like a super loaded milkshake and I thought there's no way he's ever gonna be able to drink all of that. He's not a camel, but somehow he found a way to get all of that, every little drop on the inside of him. And then of course, we went over to the park and the one thing he wanted to go on for the entire time was this playground ride that just went around and around and around and around and my job was to spin him around and around and around and around and eventually after an hour of going around and around and around we said it's time to go and he got in the car and he said dad I'm not too feeling too well and I said you'll be fine and I hadn't even finished my sentence and I want to tell you every single drop of that green milkshake that was on the inside of him was now all over my car because when pressure comes when you get spun around and around, whatever's on the inside comes out of you. Truth is we all feel pressure. We all know distress. We all know life's pressing and we know what life is like to walk through those moments where everything is unfair and what's on the inside of you begins to show. Think about David, and I'll say about you, is David was anointed. The ziklag didn't happen because he wasn't anointed. David was anointed. And it wasn't that he was a mighty man of God. David was a mighty man. David led the mighty man of God. And it wasn't because he was off his path. He was still destined to be king. You can be the most anointed, mighty, king or queen worthy person and you will still go through pressure and distress and life's pressing. But I wanna show you something. It says that the enemy came and they took his wife and his children, but they killed none. I want you to see this. It's not over yet, but it's time to get your promise back. God, the enemy comes. Everyone say comes. The enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy, but he does not have the right to kill, steal and destroy. And just because the enemy comes to take away what God promised you, because the enemy wants to rob what God's given you, because the enemy wants to steal what has been handed to you, does not mean he has the authority over your life, over your mental health, over your physical health, over your marriage, over your kids, over your business. He comes to kill, steal and destroy, but he does not have the right to snuff out the life of what God gave and blessed you with. So it's time to go and take it back because what God has given to you is yours in Jesus' Name. It's not because you're off the path. It's not because you've lost your anointing. It's not because the enemy has authority over your life. It's just time to get back what God gave to you. Amen. We look here about David's two wives that came from these places, Jezreel and Abigail. Jezreel means delight, means brother and delight. Abigail means father and joy. Literally, 
David has his delight and his joy gone. And all that's left is bitterness and weeping. And he's in a wilderness where he's constantly hiding from a king called Saul, who's sending assassination attempts over and over. And he's trying to protect his people. He's trying to defend his family. And everything is now gone. He's stuck in a place with nothing. And the very men that he's doing life with have turned on him and want to stone him. And it says this, they all got bitter. But I tell you, I love that David is when they all got bitter, David went, I'm getting better. When they all went to a place where they decided they're gonna turn back and change who they were, David, even though he wept, David, even though he lost, David, even though he had pressure, he made a decision that he was not going to stay stuck there. He may have lost his joy and his delight, but he knew it was time to go and get it back. You may be here today and you might feel like, feel like those men. You may know what it is to be weak. You may know what it says there. In the Scripture, it says they wept until they had no strength left. But can I tell you, don't stay there. The struggle is real. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. If you've lost your delight, if you've lost your joy, it's okay to weep. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to heal, but make a determination in your spirit. In this next season, I'm not staying there. I'm not living in my hurt. I'm not living in my past. The enemy came to kill, steal and destroy, but he has no authority over my mind, my family, my destiny, my calling and my blessing. And therefore I'm going to get it back in Jesus' Name, Amen. Because you're allowed to weep, but you won't get it back weeping. You gotta fight for it. And you won't get it back regretting. You gotta fight for it. And you won't get it back reflecting. You gotta fight for it. David was now, verse six, David was now in great danger because all these men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk of stoning him. But say it with me. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Sometimes when you got nothing left, you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Come on, say it with me out loud. Put your name in David's place. But Josh strengthened himself in the Lord. Come on, this is what we're gonna have to do in the next few days. Say it with me. But Josh strengthened himself in the Lord. It's very confusing. But the but matters. In the middle of what you're facing, you don't have to pretend, you don't have to pretend it's all good. How are you? Good. How's things? Good. Sometimes they're not good. There's no pretending in the scripture that things were good, but there's a but. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. You see here, watch here. In this posture, his wives are gone. So if I can, there's no emotional support. And his friends have all turned on him. There's no relational support. He wasn't gonna find the support in his sheep. So he went, he went to go find it in the shepherd. He knew that when you've got no one else, when there is nothing else, when you feel completely alone, it's there that you strengthen yourself in the Lord.
It's only in a zigzag moment. It's only in a moment like this. It's only in that moment of pressure. It's only in that moment of loss. It's only in that moment of distress where you can learn the valuable lesson that only God is enough. Come on, in Christ, I can do all things. In Christ who gives me strength. You see, David didn't find strength in himself. It's not a self-help program. When you're alone, don't find it in yourself, but yourself has to find it in Christ who gives you strength. So if you need a change, it's in Christ that you find your strength. And if you need a breakthrough, it's in Christ that you find your strength. If you need a miracle, it's in Christ that you find your strength. Don't go find it yourself, go find Him. Don't get full of yourself, get full of Him. David decided in a zigzag moment, I'm stuck, but I'm not staying here. But before I do it for anyone else, I need to do it for myself. I'm gonna strengthen myself in the Lord, amen? Amen. This is what fasting does. You look at fasting one of two ways. You can see fasting as an opportunity to get disciplined and motivation will not be high. You can focus on what you're not going to do because we're gonna try and religiously be a better person. That's not the aim. But when you realise the point of fasting is to strengthen yourself in the Lord, you stop focusing on the physical weakness and you start focusing on His spiritual strength, all of a sudden the motivation for fasting completely changes. You see, it's not about how good naturally you are. It's not about how good spiritually you are. It's about creating discipline for sure. It's about pushing in for sure. But let me tell you, when your eyes are not focused on what you're doing, but your eyes are focused on the one that gives you strength, all of a sudden, the ability to get this tool out that releases you into destiny. This next season, we're gonna see a strengthening in the Lord, amen? There's some people here. It's been a while since someone encouraged you. You're not getting it at home. You're not getting the encouragement from your workplace. You're not getting the encouragement from your friends. Can I tell you, it's time to strengthen yourself in the Lord. See, this isn't the first time David had to do this. We see David do this at other times. Psalm 103, David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. He knows what it is to have a soul that's stuck. He knows what it is to have loss and disappointment. So David says, Bless the Lord, Oh my soul and all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul and forget not His benefits. Come on, David starts to remind himself. You can imagine in this time where David's lost and he starts has no strength less left, but he has to strengthen himself in the Lord. So he says, come on soul, remember the benefits of God who forgives all of your iniquities. So maybe David, you've got it wrong. Maybe you've made mistakes, but it's okay. He's the one that forgives my sin and he's the one that heals my diseases. So maybe I'm not well right now, but don't forget His benefits. Come on, soul, bless the Lord. Forget not that He's your healer who redeems your life from destruction. So I feel like I'm going nowhere. I feel like I'm going through a zigzag moment. No, David, remember His benefits. He's redeemed me before. He'll redeem me again. Who crowns me? Just pause there. I'm called to be a king. I'm called to be an heir with Christ. I'm called to be the head and not the tail. So I've got to remember it's His anointing that crowns me 
not man's approval that crowns me. With loving kindness and tender mercies, He's a God that's gentle. He's a God that's kind. And when I've lost my delight and I've lost my joy, He's tender and merciful, who satisfies my mouth with good things. That's a prayer to pray during fasting. When you're hungry, He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. It's when I'm weak, I'm strong again. It's when I'm older, I'm renewed again. It's a fresh beginning. It's the beholding, I'm doing a new thing. David knew what it was to strengthen himself in the Lord. Some of us need to go into this next season saying, strength, return. In my marriage, strength, return. In my relationship, strength, return. In clarity of mind, strength, return. In the call of God on your life, strength, return. Gotta notice this. David's a leader, but he didn't strengthen anyone else first. See, if he's gonna strengthen his men, he has to strengthen himself. Some of us have been carrying a, a family and carrying our business and, and carrying responsibility in church and you've gotten weak or you've gotten stuck. Can I encourage you? Strengthen yourself in the Lord first. Pick yourself up. So it's here that David and the keys can just calm it. David writes this psalm. Commentators will show this psalm. Psalm 42 is a psalm he wrote in Ziklag. And he says this to himself. Why are you cast down on my soul? Now, you might go, he's asking himself a question and we know why. He's lost his family, he's lost his wife, he's lost his kids. He's lost the trust of his men. He's possibly lost his future. Will he still be? No, no, he sees what's going on in the natural, but he knows there's a spiritual battle that's going on. So he has a conversation with himself because he's like, well, all the natural and physical and relational things have, have, have dissipated. I know right now my soul needs to be strong. Okay, if, oh, if I'm stuck in every one of those areas, my soul, my spirit cannot be stuck. So he says, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. Listen, he's talking to himself. And, and why are you disquieted within me? I love this. Hope you. Can you hear him talking to himself? Hope, hope you in God. I will yet praise Him. He's like, he's like, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieting within me? Hope you, David, soul, inner man, in you. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Right now, I have to praise Him. See, David's a shepherd. And David understands what it is to be a cast sheep. See, cast down is a reference to what, if you're a, a cast down sheep, you're a sheep that can no longer get up. It's a sheep that's now on its back and can't turn over. It's a sheep that's lost its centre of gravity. It's a, it's, a, it's a sheep that's now too heavy. It's a sheep that's been disorientated and rolled over. And David understands that as a shepherd, if a sheep is cast down, it won't be able to get nutrition. It won't be able to get refreshing. And ultimately, it is now vulnerable to an enemy's attack. And if that sheep stays cast down, that sheep will die right there. That sheep is stuck. That sheep cannot move. That sheep cannot run. That sheep cannot refresh. And too many people go through a zigzag moment and we're like a cast down sheep. We go through the fire. We know pressure. We know 
distressed, but we've rolled over. We've, our centre of gravity has been knocked off. We're, we're vulnerable to attack. We're on our back instead of on the edge of our toes. And the pressure is real. The distress is real. The pain is real. The loss is real. And weeping may last for the night, but there's a joy of the Lord that's your strength. There's a hope that comes in the new season. And you need to start saying to yourself, I'm not staying here. I'm not like a cast down sheep. So you start saying, why, oh soul, are you cast down within me? It might be a season of weeping, but I'm living in a place of praise. So I'm gonna start doing in my spirit what I don't feel like doing in the natural. I'm gonna begin to remind myself of the benefits of God and I'm gonna strengthen myself in Christ. It's time to get your praise back. It's time to get joy back. It's time to get delight back. It's time to get your strength back. It's time to give yourself a good talking to. It's time to remind yourself, I am alive with Christ and I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding because greater is He that lives in me than he that's in the world. I have put off the old man and I have put on the new man, but I have no lack for He shall supply all of my needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am a new creation. The old things are gone, the new things are come. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God because I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a purchased people. I am the righteousness of God. Come on, someone needs to strengthen themselves with the Lord today. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places because it is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It might be a zigzag season. It might be a place where you've been stuck, but it is not the end of the story. It's time to get your promise back in Jesus' Name. In Him, He is enough. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. 
He's a father. He's a friend. And you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer. And wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.